Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Making Sense Out of Life, the podcast where we talk about personal development and putting in your two cents every day to eventually compound together to make your life better. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Evelyn Wynn, my girlfriend, someone I look up to, someone who inspires me every day, your Miss Arizona, so many different titles that I could talk about, um, but I, what I'd rather do is have her just introduce herself. So, Evelyn? You're too sweet. Honestly. Um, hi, everybody. My name is Evelyn Wynn, USA National Miss, Arizona 2023, model, learner of life, lover of life, all of the above. I don't know how you want me to introduce myself. You did a really good job of doing that yourself. So, I mean, there's not much left for me to say. Yeah, well, I could talk about the stuff that I admire about you all the time. So, I think where I would want to start because what's interesting, I mean, if anyone's listened to other episodes of my podcast, I always am talking by myself. So it's very interesting to finally have a guest, um, and I'm very happy that it's you. Well, I'm honored to be your first guest, for sure. Yeah, it's like, call you the day one, right? <laughs> day one woman, for, yeah. for sure. So I, I always said that when I have guests on this podcast, I think what I would want to do is talk about just the story of how you got to where you are, especially on the mindset side of just, you know, what what two cents were you putting in in your life day after day that led to where you got to here? And I know that's kind of a loaded question. So I'd say I, I want to narrow it down more, maybe just some basic mindset and career and just, you know, how you got started in pursuing a level of excellence and a standard of life that is, you know, different than a lot of the people around us. I would have to say that starts when I was a kid, like when I was a little girl. I grew up in a family of immigrants. So my family came all over from Vietnam and growing up, I was told my entire life, I came to America and I worked hard so that you could get an education and do amazing things with your life. So growing up, I was instilled with this, I have to be great, I have to be great, I have to be great. Which is hard when you're like eight years old and you're being told like, you have to be amazing, you have to be amazing. And then you're the firstborn, you're the only girl in your family, like everyone's looking up to you to do something phenomenal. And so my entire life has always been about, okay, what, do, what can I do to become the best version of myself? What can I do to be the best? And then that kind of morphed in, like, I don't know where, when my mindset kind of changed from I need to make my mom, like, my mom was always, like, get good grades, do all of that. And then eventually it kind of switched. I wasn't being told to get good grades. It was me, like, I have to be the best. And I think that just comes from like the way I was raised, but everything that I've done up till this point, I did on my own too. Like I was always told to be great and to be successful, but I was never, I don't want to say I wasn't supported, but I wasn't encouraged. I was just told do something amazing. Well, people, uh, people always say that pressure makes diamonds. And I, I'd argue that it depends on the person, right? Where some people, if you're a kid and you get pressured into doing something great, it actually, if that pressure, I think it's a fine line. If you're going to crack. If that pressure sure. goes too much and like you just said, it, it, and that person cracks, they might actually not pursue success because they have some sort of resentment to it. So do you think you kind of rode that fine line of where the pressure was a good thing? I mean, clearly it didn't turn out horribly. So like, what do you think about how you grew up and how like the level of pressure that, that you were feeling? The, about the level of pressure I was feeling. I don't know what it was, but there was just a lot of things I wanted to do. And I was always told no. 
Like when I was a kid, I wanted to do ballet or I wanted to do cheer or I wanted to ride horses. And it was, no, we don't have money for this. You're going to go play the piano. You're going to do something else. And so I was always got a little frustrated. And so there was a lot of pressure on me like to do certain things certain ways. And I think culturally that was a big thing because like Asian culture, Vietnamese culture, you listen to your parents. Like you don't fight back. You don't argue back ever. I grew up also American, which was. Like the perfect dynamic of <laughs> the American dream was instilled in the family almost. Yeah, it was. I came to America for the American dream, but I'm going to raise you as a, a Asian Vietnamese girl. So don't talk back to your elders, but also have the American ideals and do everything you want to do. So I was. It was hard. It was a lot of conflict in my life just growing up. Like, where do I go with it? So that pressure of become great, but also take everything you learned around you and figure that out. Oh, my gosh. I was confused in life for a long time. And so I had to pick what I wanted and decide if I wanted to go for it or not. How many different decisions or how many different angles did you look at before you kind of decided on the path you wanted to take? Because I mean, the path that you ended up taking was modeling, right? Yeah, I ended up going modeling and it was always something I'd wanted to do. I've always loved like being in front of a camera, being on a stage. I never had stage fright. I don't really get nervous, Yeah, which is great. Um, but it was one of those things I was like, I want to do this. Hey mom, I want to do this. And she goes, I don't know how to do it. And so I'm was that kind of, was that kind of the first time that you, if you had went to your mom and said I want to do this, you, there was no direct avenue that you could follow, or your parents didn't give you a direction, and you could, that was was that one of the first ones you had to fully figure out by yourself? Well, it's the only one that I kind of could figure out by myself. I told you I wanted to do ballet, and I was like, "Hey, mom, I want to do ballet," and she was like, "No, I don't know how to help you with that. I don't know how to do it, so you're not going to do it." Well, I was like 12 when I wanted to do ballet. I was 14 when I decided I wanted to do modeling. And at that point, I was on social media on my own. I was like, you know what? Like, I'll just go for it. And when I tell you I was heartbroken the first time I ever got, like, a rejection, how many girls would have quit? I, I almost did. I did for a little bit. I mean, I was like, oh, my God, nobody loves me, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Well, I mean, how important do you think it is that – because people always say that the hardest part about deciding what you want to do with your life is deciding what you want to do with your life. A lot of people have ideas or they have certain goals that they might want to do. You grow up and you say, I, I might want to be veterinarian, athlete, you know, whatever that goal is. But what happens is a lot of people either lose the focus or they lose the dream and they just don't know what to focus on. So at what point did you figure out that you wanted to make the conscious choice and decide to pursue modeling over anything else? Well, I think I still don't know entirely, you know, what I want to do with the rest of my life. Who does? What Honestly. do you mean? We're 20. We're supposed to have it 100% figured out right now. Exactly. No. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm just a really stubborn person. And I think that's where a lot of it comes from. I do everything out of spite. Well, I mean, there's a lot to be said about having a chip on your shoulder. Because I feel like that's one of the things that's <clears throat> kind of missing in society is people having a bit of an angst to win. Like that competitive edge, chip on your shoulder. Someone said you couldn't do it and you say... Fuck that. I'm I'm going to. Yeah, I was told do this. to be the best, right? And so and I hate being told no. You know I hate being yeah. told no. 
So when I'm told no, it's okay. What can I do to change that? I remember when I first kind of started wanting to do it, my mom had a friend who was in, what is it, the acting, like entertainment industry, but she was more of an actress. And she was like, okay, well, you got to take these headshots. You got to do this, blah, 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 blah. And the one thing I remember, because that didn't really go anywhere, but the one thing I remember she said to me was, well, how do you take no? Because you're going to hear a lot of it. And when she said you're going to hear a lot of it, the amount of no that I've heard in my career, my, what, six-year modeling career now, astronomical. You wouldn't believe the rejection you get. And it's soul-crushing. Yeah, I mean... let alone that every industry to try and separate yourself, you're going to hear no. I mean, an industry like modeling, like I can't even imagine, like you and I have talked about that. I can't, I can't even imagine the innate pressure that exists in that industry. So, I mean, even at such a young age at 14, like, like what did you do to start and how do you think you started to, you know, build up the fortitude to overcome all of the inevitable no's at the beginning? So when I started, it was just a couple photo shoots here and there, and then I started learning. I, I did a lot of research myself into, like, what modeling is. How do I start making money doing this? And it was, you have to have an agent. Okay, well, I'm 14, so I have to have a legal guardian, all, the, all that stuff. And so I would send in the stuff. As long as you have your parents' permission, it was fine. But... You just didn't know exactly where to start. Just, I mean, you were young, so it's like having yeah. access to agencies, so I'm guessing there was a lot of well, cold outreach. When and you look at a lot of the top models that come out, so many of them have the, they found me walking along the street, and I became a supermodel and overnight. Good for them. That's like the 0.5%. I had the odds against me, too. So not only was I like, I'm going to model, I'm also short. So I, I'm five, five, five and a half. Yeah. According to my agent in Miami. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> I am five, five and a half according to my agent in Miami. But realistically, I'm still too short to be a model. They want the girls who are five, seven and taller. But at 14, they say, oh, you're still technically growing. So you can still kind of apply. It got to the point I'm applying. I'm not hearing back What's the worst part is the rejection you get isn't an actual no. You just never hear back. Brutal. It's frustrating. Absolutely brutal. Because, and I remember I sent my first submissions and I took my very first digitals. Not really. Um, I actually didn't follow the rules because you're supposed to send in digitals. And for anybody who doesn't know who that is, like those are just bare bones photos of yourself. No makeup, no posing, just really simple photos. And I was like, no way. They want professional photos of me. They want all my, my modeling stuff. That's simply not true. So that's what I did. And of course I didn't get any responses or I would get like one response and it was no. Well, I mean, to put it in perspective too, I mean, I, I think that anything we talk about, which could, could span across any industry that you have to try and separate yourself. If you're trying yeah. to sell yourself as a person where it's like, how many no's did you hear before you got anything I think I signed to my first agency I want to say my sophomore or junior year of high school so that puts me at like what 16 so that's two years of building a portfolio and granted remember I grew up in New Mexico 
there is no industry there whatsoever. So my first agency ever was a tiny little agency that was brand new. She was kind of figuring everything out, but I wasn't, I wasn't booking jobs, but I had it under my belt that I was signed to an agency. And that was because I was like, well, I might as well just keep shooting. And I, and I wanted to, cause I was like, well, let's just get photos. I love taking pictures. That's kind of how it started was, well, that's so pretty. I want to take photos. I was like, okay, what if I start modeling? But modeling in New Mexico is different. You're standing there hugging a tree. That would be a little bit different. Yeah. So it took two years to sign with an agency, and that wasn't even really getting starting to be able to model as a job. That was no. just getting an agency, being able to say, I'm signed to an agency, and that was two years of building a portfolio, getting no's. So I, I just think that's such an important lesson where people can look at any form of success or any form of acclimation in an industry pursuit and, and say that person got lucky or that person finally got a break or that person, whatever. And I mean, I know it's super cliche to say, but people don't see the work that goes in afterwards. Oh, like really get like that's two years, <laughs> two yeah. years of not getting anything and starting on it and doing cold outreach and building a portfolio where what would you say? Cause obviously people could still argue that it's a lucky break that you finally got an agency. So what's your opinion on, that luck is has no part of the equation, or at least the majority of it is a well, compounded effort. Luck is when hard work meets opportunity, and I put in the work. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I was doing it on my own. My mom was like, oh, good for you, honey. Do your thing. And, you know, I was having a conversation earlier today, actually, about support and, you know, the support my mom was able to give me, and it was it was never – that she didn't support me, it was that she just didn't see the, a lot of value in it, right? If it didn't, if she didn't see the potential that it could ROI, then it wasn't really worth her time. But it was worth something to me. So I worked for two years, building up a portfolio, submitting to agencies, never hearing back. Finally got signed to this one agency. And I mean, even that was like, great. I could say I had that under my belt. And as a model coach now, I tell my girls the same thing. It takes that one. So don't give up. Because you're going to hear no, you're going to hear no. And it's just the industry, the way the industry works. It's constantly changing. And it's that moment that you stop trying, that's when it ends. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's that's just basic concept of momentum combined with law of volume and combined with law of probability, where you just have to do enough where something will eventually happen. Where that, that's the, always the insane part is anybody who's successful in any industry, you can listen to them talk on a podcast, you can listen to them make a YouTube video, read a book. It's always the same thing. It's always, I did the same thing every day for seven years and got nothing. And then all of a sudden, something changed and I was successful. And people, it, it just makes so much sense of what I always say. It really is putting in your two cents every day, making that deposit into your industry, into your career, into building your portfolio, making cold calls, doing whatever you need to do so that eventually something happens. And like, did you feel like you had to build up a mentality that supported you being able to understand like, okay, I have to just keep going. I need to be patient. Something will happen. Did you have kind of an unwavering belief coupled with practical action or was there a lot of, you know, ups and downs and there's a lot of ups and, and downs, especially when you're 14, 15, 16, and you're being told indirectly that you're not good enough, right? I mean, that's what it was. You're not what we're looking for right now. And so the mindset 
it was hard. You don't, I mean, you don't get told no and go, oh, well. I mean, especially in that industry. That's pretty much, like, if you were to put it on bare bones, it's like, we don't like the way you look. That's exactly what it is, and that's how I felt. So I remember my very first rejection, my heart physically sank. Like, I I cried. I actually cried when I got my first rejection because I was like, wow, am I not pretty enough? I know I'm not tall enough, but, like, I didn't know that at that point. I was still trying to figure it out. You know, like, what is it? Why am I not good enough? Now, when I send in submissions, I don't blink an eye. I'm like, oh, look at that. I send in 150, and I send them in at 150 at a time, and you know how many responses I get? Three. Yeah. Two of them are no. Yep. How, how much well, how much of that, of you being more comfortable with it now? I mean, obviously you're older, which, is, I mean, just going through life experience in general is going to make things like that easier. But how much of that do you think was doing it so many times you eventually got used to rejection versus building up the trait and the skill of being able to handle yeah. rejection? I mean, it was understanding that that's just how it works and not taking it to heart, not taking it personally. And I think that applies in a lot of things in life. You just can't take it personally. You know what? Great. Move on to the next great, move on to the next. You can't take it to heart because then you get you get stuck on it. And like I was saying earlier, it's that it's when you give up is when it ends in anything you do. The moment you give up is when the dream ends. I like that. It's pretty much, it really is the idea that if you can set a dream in motion and you can visualize it to the detail and you know what you want to do, all it takes is consistent practical action. Yeah. And it's what you just said. Like, I'm a firm believer of that. It, the only way you truly, truly fail is if you stop. Anything else is just a setback or a learning experience or a cog in the machine or just one additional step you may have to take or have to overcome. But when it comes down to it, the only way to lose is to give up. Where even if you were to go your entire life and not reach that ultimatum, like acclimation, the ultimate part of your life that you wanted to achieve if you had the mindset that all you were doing was t- putting in your two cents every day, taking the stem- steps every day to get there, you can look back and say, you know what? I loved and enjoyed the process. I loved and enjoyed my life. So I'm n- I don't have to be disappointed because it didn't reach the exact result. I think what did help my mindset too was the tiny victories that I did have. So no, I didn't sign any agencies, but within New Mexico, I was slowly, slowly building a reputation for you know, oh, I want to work with her. Oh, she can actually walk. Yeah, it might be five, but I can five, walk. Five, five and a half. <laughs> five, whatever I am. But you can walk. But I can walk. And I had a presence. I was known. I was very well known. I still am in New Mexico because I just didn't give up. I was like, okay, well, I might as well keep doing this. And I, I set little goals for myself. It was... I want to work with this photographer. So I would reach out to photographers and they would say, here are my rates. And I was like, no, I don't want to pay these rates. So what I would do is I would continue building up my portfolio, building up my skill set. And I became a person that they eventually did want to work with to where it wasn't, you have to pay me to work with you because it's not worth my time to do this with you. Now it's actually, you're somebody I want to work with. And so it's like those little victories that slowly, like, yeah, I'm getting nose over here, but I'm slowly building up over here. So 
like taking different avenues of it too. Just well, how important do you think tiny victories are to eventually building true self-confidence? I know, I mean, I talk about this on my podcast all the time. I know you and I have talked about it, but just the idea of that what tr- the difference between true self-confidence that's based on results and, you know, false confidence. It's You have to appreciate the tiny victories for sure because in the moment, you're kind of like, ah, this isn't going well. Like, I should give up. But if you take a second to reflect on where you're at now versus where you were a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, and you actually sit there and go, actually, okay, a month ago, people didn't know who I am, and now they do. Okay, now all of a sudden people want to work with me. Okay, now I'm signed to this agency. I'm not making money yet, but I'm signed with this agency, and I wasn't signed with them a year ago. And my entire, like, history of going from this agent to that agent to this agent to that agent to now having six nationally, it's crazy. And then I remember in high school, I was told, uh, I don't know if you remember this on, like, Snapchat. You could do the anonymous little, like, <laughs> yeah. things. But I remember I got one, and it was, you're not a real model. I don't know why you call yourself that. Because mm. people are mean. People are so Those mean. Those people hate their lives. Like. <laughs> and I remember I was like, I looked at it, I was like, am I not? And it, it took me a second to reflect and go, I literally make money, and I'm signed to an agency. I wasn't making money at that point, but I was, I was like, no, I'm signed to, like, a legitimate agency, so you know what? Think what you want to think. Say what you want to say. I'm going to keep going my way, my path, and I'm not going to say that I'm not a model because you also have to have that mindset, right? Because if you're afraid to call yourself what you're going for, if you're afraid to say, no, this is what I want, this is what I'm doing, but you're afraid to say, yeah, this is what I'm doing, you're never going to do it. No, you have to accept the identity of the person that you want to become and start building that step by step. Where yeah. What I heard on a different podcast, I actually don't remember who said it, it was the idea that, it was kind of talking about f- like fake it till you make it type of idea, but the idea was lie to yourself in a way that you believe will eventually become a truth. So if you tell yourself, like I, I'm not a huge affirmations in the mirror, say what you want to say, that type of thing, but the, but the idea of saying like, I am and I will be successful in X category and just really putting that in your identity and in the way that and actually carrying yourself as if you are that type of person. All that it means is that you're going to be doing the steps necessary to do that and coupling it with the mindset necessary to achieve it. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't tiptoe around these things, too, because I never really broadcasted it or anything. But when I got my first publication, I was like, Hell yeah, I just got my first publication. Yeah, and that goes back kind of to the chip on the shoulder where it's it's okay to have that. If there were people in your life, like obviously we say who cares if what user 4678202 says about you and that you're not a model. But when you have a bit of that chip on your shoulder and you've had people tell you, you can't do this. Even if it's people you care about and people you don't care about, you can't do this. You won't be successful in this. When you get successful, I think it's okay to say, fuck yeah, I did that. I told you, I live my life out of spite. <laughs> and that's fine. People have always told me, you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. I said, like, watch me. Watch me do it. Yeah, I don't want to get into, like, my childhood traumas or anything, but I had been told, you're a woman. You will never be able to do this because it's, you're a woman. Watch me. Watch me. There's nothing wrong with going out of your way to try and prove people wrong. 
I, I like I've said it before. Living life with some competitive edge and acknowledging that it can be competitive and then trying to set yourself above it. The most important part, I mean, you and I agree on this is why we get along so well, is because it's not about genuinely being better than somebody else. It's about being the best version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And if that includes saying, I'm going to do it for me, but also fuck you for saying I couldn't do it, that's fine. Because it's rooted in you. Like, it's not about being better than other people. It, it really is about here's what the things that I want to do and I'm not going to let anybody, including myself, stop me from becoming that. Yeah. I ended up just getting to a point where I was like, well, might as well keep going. It's going well. I'm not going to give up. I, I, hate, I don't really like giving up on stuff, but also I take a lot of pride in being good at what I'm good at and I was getting really good at what I was good at, especially when I was in New Mexico. I was well-loved, well-known, and I, I did that for myself. I went to events, I met people, and I made sure I was kind, humble, and genuine. I mean, that's, that's my whole thing is I was nice to people. I was never a diva, right? It was all about making connections, and that's how you're well-loved. I mean, everybody there was my friend. I wasn't there to compete with anybody, and that's another mindset because there was a lot of girls I would meet, and – they think you're their competition. And unless you look exactly like me, and you're exactly as tall as me, you're not my competition. We're not competing against anybody else but ourselves in this industry. Because I'm not fighting with this girl for this job. They're, whoever's booking, casting, they're looking for something specific. You're either it or you're not. I love that mindset and because it can extrapolate out to life because I've said that before where everybody, your competitive advantage is being yourself because nobody can be who you are. If we talk about that in terms of looks in a modeling industry, that's very true. If you talk about that in literally just the way you conduct yourself and the way you are as a person, nobody can replicate exactly who you are. So that's your competitive advantage. And that's what helps you. It's like you said, that's how you, what keeps you being a kind person to others and being humble with yourself is acknowledging that if you're only, hear me, hear me closely, if your only competition is yourself, you will never go out of your way to be a bad person to other people yeah. because you're not competing with other people. If someone's better than you at something, great. It has it literally has nothing to do with you because the only competition that you're seeking is yourself, whether that's yourself in five years, ten years, or if that's yourself tomorrow or whatever it is. All that is is a personal pursuit of excellence that you can chase all the time. And I think the most important part of that is what you said about kindness and how you can interact with other people. Even just the part where you said your part of your your industry success was being able to network, being able to talk to people, be personable, be kind, and be genuine. It, it's so rooted in that it's not about other people. I think there's such there's such a good dichotomy between being extremely self accountable and and point and calling yourself out on bullshit and saying here's what I can do to fix myself and I'm going to be competitive, but then it never extends out to other people of. Here's why, because I take self-accountability. Like, virtue signaling is bullshit. You don't, you don't, I do this, so I'm better than you. It never, go, it, it just never crosses that line. And if you can make sure it never crosses that line, you will always be a good person. And I think that's by default. Well, then you have to know your worth, too. Like, you know. Damn straight. I, and I told you that when we first started dating. Damn straight. <laughs> I remember, I said, you know what? 
something happens, it's your loss because you're never going to meet anybody else like me. Yeah, which it, which I think is so interesting because people, even if we go back to what you said on on the example of how the reason you're okay with rejection is because you had heard it so many times and you be, and when someone commented and said you're not a model, you were able to self reflect and say I am because I've signed with X Y Z agencies, where you really do get confidence from proving it to yourself and having some form of tangible result. That goes the same way for your life. So s- someone who hasn't put in the steps necessary to build up themselves as a person to, to have earned confidence, because I always like to try and make sure to delineate that, earned confidence versus arrogance. If you've earned oh, yeah. the things that you are talking about, that is earned confidence. You've proven it to yourself. And like I said, it's because you're not competing with anyone. So it's earned confidence for you. So being able to say something like, if someone comes into my life and then they do something that fucks that up or crosses some form of boundary and, and you say, that's your loss. You won't find someone better than me. It's not arrogant because it's at an angle of, I know my worth in this exact category. If you cross a line in this category, you're not worth my time. Mm-hmm. That takes a very high level of earned confidence. So like, what would you say you did on the personal side to develop your earned confidence, not anything to do with modeling your career? Oh, man, that's a hard question. I had to think about that for a second. Earned comp, I think. A lot of it comes from high school. So I went to a private school, 170 kids. I graduated with the class of 170. That's crazy. (laughs) It's tiny, right? Yeah. I knew every single person there. I was also oddball out. And a big part of that was because I was unapologetically myself. And I don't know what it was, but that's just how I've always been. It was always, might as well be honest. And honesty, I think that's a big part of it was I value honesty over almost anything. I would rather you be honest to me about X, Y, and Z or anything than than lie to my face. And that's just because I don't like fakeness and just cattiness, right? And so I got bullied for being different. And then you get to college and it's like everything's a little different now because no one cares that you're different. It's cool to be different. But even then when I got bullied, I really had nowhere to turn to. So I was like, well, I might as well just keep doing me and (laughs) nothing's going to change. That's really what it boils down to, right? I mean, it's... It's so much better to force yourself to be uncomfortable with yourself and with your own company to be able to internalize whatever the issues are. Like, obviously, if it's if you go out and do things that will like help your life in other areas, talking to people, playing a sport, getting into a hobby, like whatever that is. But there's such a strong correlation with eventual success and peace when you can spend time in your own company, internalize it, and say, like you just said, well, if something is happening, I might as well just keep doing me. Because, I mean, in my, the way I, I, I like to say it is, like, the only person that you're ever going to have 100% of the time in your corner is yourself. And if that's not the case, that's what you can work on. Yeah. Well, you know, I always say is the only person's life you're ever living is your own. You might as well live it. You might as well take care of yourself because – we often get caught up in taking care of other people and living for other people and making decisions based on how that affects somebody else 
when in reality, the only person's life you're living is your own. So take care of yourself first. That's what I had to do. Can't pour from an empty cup, right? No, but even, you know, I agree. It's just, you can't, you can't not take care of yourself. You can't not be yourself because then you're not being authentic. You're not being genuine with who you are. And it's just, it's not real. If you could give advice to someone that's either our age or younger who hasn't actually decided to maybe put themselves through anything of like searching for a career or maybe internalizing some of the personal development and maybe they hear something like this and they think, you know, sparking some sort of conversation for themselves of like, I would like to change the way I feel. Like if they don't feel great or if they don't have passion in their lives or if they don't feel like they have momentum, what would you say to someone like that of a way to jumpstart their momentum, move the needle, maybe even just setting a frame for what, what they could search for? Think about something that you've always wanted to do. Maybe you've never been able to do it. Like, we all have that one thing that we've always just wanted to do, even if it was, like, a lot or a little bit. It's always, like, that one thing. And just do it. This year, I decided to just do the things I wanted to do that I was never able to do. I still have two things on that list. Ballet is one of them still. I'm never going to be a ballerina, so, like, I, I give up on that one because I can't. I've got, like, two left feet. Um, but I do want to learn how to play the cello at some point. That's still going to happen. But this was the year I was like, you know what? I watched Spirit when I was six years old. I'm going to ride horses. And that's what I did. I watched Toddlers and Tiaras when I was <laughs> whatever age. I want to do pageants. So I did, and I won because I I went out there and I just tried it. Make yourself uncomfortable. Be un- be comfortable with being uncomfortable and just do something. Do anything. It could be small. Like, take an art class. Oh, I want to learn how to draw. Cool. Take an art class. I suck at art. And I still went to an art class. <laughs> Would I go back again? Probably not. But it's just finding little things that's like, okay, how can I make change in my life? Well, it doesn't even have to be spontaneous. It's like, I want to bake a cake go bake that cake. I agree with you. I think it's a very simple concept that is really being lost of people just living life again. I talked, I talked about in the last couple episodes, like it's so easy just to get consumed by fake life right now. It's so easy to be consumed by social media or all the the people around you or just all the things that are kind of stealing the energy necessary to even to do something simple like that. I think that's what we're missing. I mean, I, j- I talked to one of my business partners recently, um, and what he said was um, he was actually telling me that he, had, he wrote a song, and the entire basis of the song was roll your windows down. It's like it's so easy to live in the moment if you just allow yourself to do so. Well, the issue is we get consumed into social media, and I'd be lying if I said I didn't do this, but I have. When I used to post on social media, it was only, and a lot of people still do this because it comes from a place of insecurity because you're worried you're going to get judged, but it's you're sitting there and you're looking for the perfect post because you want it to look like you're living the perfect life. And so you do this, especially as, I don't know, say someone 18 years old, 20 years old, 25. You see the 14-year-olds, the 12-year-olds, the 8-year-olds that are on social media now, they're seeing this. 
And they're saying, oh, that's what my life's supposed to look like. It's supposed to be perfect. I need to do what they're doing in order for it to look like that. And they get consumed in this false world that's been displayed, which is why I do my best to just kind of post authentically. Like, yeah, do I still look for the best photo of myself? Of course I do, but there have been photos of me posted on my story where I look like I'm just out here going, doing crazy whatever, you know? I think ignoring the noise in either direction is so important. I think we need role models that show that it's okay to be a real human being. Because we've lost that. We've lost being authentic. Authentic and genuine. Unapologetically yourself because you have to fit this mold. The society has told us that we're supposed to fit. Society has said you are supposed to fit this mold. You are supposed to be this kind of person. You are supposed to look like this and act like this. And if you are different, you will get called out. Dare to be different. Dare to be different. Dare to be different, 100%. And it's we need more people that are willing. We need more role models on social media and in life that show these kids because the kids are the kids are the future. I am a firm believer in that 100% like in all walks of life kids are the future. And what they learn will get passed on to their kids. And so it starts it starts with you. It starts with showing them that you can be who you are. You don't have to be a certain way. You don't have to be a people pleaser. You don't have to do all these crazy things in order to garner Oh, shoot. What's the word? It's Validation. validation. No, validation. That's that's what I'm looking for. Because that's what we want. Everybody wants to be validated. So having people to show, hey, that's not real life. I mean, Photoshop. Whoa. No, we don't look like that. Authenticity is a very important thing that is slowly but surely being lost. I mean, I don't see it as much on the, like the physical side. It, it, it's more just people who put across this paradigm of life that is simply unrealistic and untrue. Where the what I'm starting to experience, I mean, even just our last trip that we took to Cali, like being in a position where it's like when you're really around highly successful people and you see how they live their lives and you start to try and wa- like see like, okay, this is actually a life that I could build for myself. This is something that actually could happen for me. What's interesting about that is us sitting here now at age 20. And even, I mean, I started my podcast two years ago, like really telling the story, the steps along the way that take, that you have to take to eventually get there. And, and that's being transparent and being authentic and like here are the ups and the downs because what's interesting is you see people on social media or influencers in, I mean, the stuff I watch is more the success space, entrepreneurship space. And even if they were showing a video of just all of the highs and it was true, it doesn't have to be a false paradigm. Mm-hmm. It could just be an incomplete paradigm where it's like, sure, we get to see all the success and the money and the cars and whatever. It's like, that's great. And it could be true, but I think it has to be coupled with, but here's the reality of what that actually looks like. Like, nobody has their life in diamonds and stars all the time, you know? Like Yeah, we always want to make it look easier than it is. Yeah. And I think that comes from wanting to feel superior, right? Oh, it came easy to me. That's what everybody... Go back to grade school. Yeah. I didn't study. I got an A. People never leave high school. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Well, you know, I didn't even study and I got a 100%. You want to make it seem like it's effortless. For some reason, we 
we don't want to show that hard work went into it because that makes you weak. I think that's why, like, you and I, since we're so young, we have a big opportunity where somebody could be 30 years old and have the same mindset that we're discussing here. The idea of, I want to show the steps that it takes. But at that point, if if you're deciding at age 30, then at that point, it might just be a story. Here's what I did to do it. I think there's a lot of opportunity for us to show as we go through it because that's how it works. I mean, 20 years old, are you kidding me? Like, we haven't even touched what it's going to look like in terms of success. And realistically, we haven't touched what it looks like in terms of life going to shit. That's, it's so inevitable that, that certain things come up that you have to deal with. Yeah. And that spectrum of what's positive, what's negative, how much is actually affecting your life, is it going to push you forward or is it going to draw you back? It's so dependent on the person. But it's inevitable. Li- life has things that will go well and life has things that will suck. But life goes on. But life goes on. And, and it's like coming full circle to what you said. Not giving up. And I've lived a hard life. <laughs> At 20. I'm 20. And, and, and we're I'm like, life, oh it gosh, has you, been yeah, hard. Yeah, you know my life story. Yeah, it's and, and that's the interesting part is that, like, you take someone who's 30 or 40 and they'd hear someone saying that and be like, and, and you try and compare and be like, oh, I've had 10 extra years of, of yeah, shit. I don't think you can compare. I mean, we're all on our own journeys. Where I'm at now is where somebody could be later on or before me. I look at my little cousin and I'm like, man, this kid's smarter than I am at his age. But we're all on a different journey. We're all doing something different. Yeah, I don't think I don't think timelines have anything to do with anything. No, not it's, at all. It's really just where are you at? Like, what have you been through? Where are you at? And where do you want to go? The timeline doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, we could say I could sit here and ask some stupid interview question, like where do you see yourself in five years? And whatever you say will be bullshit. Like that's just how yeah. it goes because we don't actually truly understand time. It's more just what can you do today. Well, it's one day at a time. One day at a time. What can you do every single day? Put in your two cents. What category do you want to focus on? How can you improve yourself? How can you chase a different career? Or if you want to reroute your career or optimize what you're currently doing. Or if you want to build your physical health, how can you go to the gym? Who can you learn from? What videos can you watch? it's, It's an infinite ongoing process, which is what I think makes life so exciting. You have to be willing to change, too. I mean... Yeah, life goes on, and you kind of have to go with the flow, but you also have to be willing to adapt and be flexible to what's what's happening. I mean, I'd say it to be flexible, and the question that I asked my ask myself a lot that I will purport to other people if they ever want to hear it is always, do you feel like the negativity in your life is coming from a lack of patience or is it coming from a lack of action? Because if you're doing the right things every day that are putting you on the right track to some extent, it's okay to take a breath and just be patient and understand that goals that are worth something take time. So an understanding that that's a lack of patience will help give you some peace of mind. But on the completely other side of that coin, if you're a lazy piece of shit and you sit at home and do nothing with your life and all you do is complain and, oh, well, this my, my parents suck. My life situation sucked growing up. I don't have supportive friends. I don't have a career that allows me to progress. I don't have whatever it is that you're trying to externalize. It's bullshit. Do if, something about do it. Do something about yeah. it. I, I always say I'm, I'm very uh, adamant about that. And I, I actually get, like, viscerally angry sometimes. I literally am like, if you're complaining – do something about it. And if you're way. not doing anything about it, shut the fuck up. Like I complaining I think has no place if there's no action that's coupling it. So if it is a lack of patience, that's okay. Um like understand, be patient. Zoom out. Where you've done a lot, it's like you've done a lot over the last 2 years. Like be patient. 
That's hey, what I had to do. Things take time. Oh my gosh, like going back, I've been at this for six years. I only started making money two years ago. That's that's patience. Yeah. That's hard work. With consistent action. Because if it's a lack of action, then you need to fix your shit. Like. Yeah. And there was a lot of decisions and choices I had to make. You know, do I stay with this agency? Do I leave? What do I do? Do I go on my own? And I was. I was on my own for a few months. I had to figure it out. I had to take a step back. Reevaluate. I mean, life is not a linear path. Ever. No. Did I think I'd be here a year ago? No. Did I think I'd be at Arizona State University? No. When I first visited, I literally walked around the MU and I said, I'm never going to ASU. Oh, look where I ended up. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> going to ASU. Going to ASU. Yeah, I mean, it's like we said, with with timelines truly are, like, bullshit. Like, more, more, thing, more things have progressed in, like, eight weeks than I've seen people move in, like, two years. That's actions. I mean, that's conscious decisions to do something. That's what it is. It's the decision to do something. Yeah. So go out and do it and be unapologetic, unapologetically yourself. Yeah. Right. Well, I think that was fantastic. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you have a podcast, so t- take a couple, uh, take a minute, plug your podcast. What's it called? What do you, what do you talk about? Okay, so I do have a podcast. It is called Be You to Full, where I encourage and empower others to be unapologetically themselves, essentially showing them that the struggles that they're going through they are not alone because I believe there is power in knowing that you are not alone in what you're going through. That's my 15-minute spiel. <laughs> and wh- what, do you, what do you eventually hope to that platform to look like? What do you want to do with it? I really just want it to be a space where anybody can go and understand what it means to love themselves, to feel empowered in who they are, and to be confident that who they are is enough. I mean, we look at issues like representation, diversity, just internal confidence, social media, insecurity, and that's, it's because we feel alone. I want my platform, I want my podcast, I want all of it to be a space that shows you that you are not alone in what you're doing. Nobody's ever alone. We're all going through the same things. It might just be at a different time. Yep. Beautiful. <laughs> that, I, yeah. <laughs> this, is why drop. We, this is why we get along so well. <laughs> I mean, cause that, that's, that's the crazy part is like that I listen to your podcast and then you listen to mine. It was like, why the hell are we talking about the same shit? Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the same. Just, just, just randomly out of pure luck. Um, well, with that said, I mean, thanks to anybody who listened to this episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. If you got value out of it, um, feel free to share it with anybody you know that could also potentially get some value from it. Um, and I mean, like Evelyn just said, her podcast called Be You to Full. So go listen to that. And um, we'll be doing an episode on her podcast as well, talking about probably some similar concepts, so, you know, just angling it in a different way, giving you guys more value um, as in as, as many ways as we can. So um, with that said, uh, thanks for listening again, and I'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Bye.